I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the co-creator of the upcoming VR game, Paranormal Detective Escape from the 90s, currently on Kickstarter, Laura Tallerty. Welcome, Laura. Hi, Kayla. So nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. Um, well. Outside of my introduction, who is Laura Tallerty, and what are you about? Um, gosh, so that's, um, that's a deep question for the morning. <laughs> um, so basically, I am a game developer, I kind of came at um, all of this game development stuff from the art and illustration and design side, I used to be an illustrator, and now I'm doing game dev. Um, so yeah, that's really I just work on games all day long. Right now, I've been doing Kickstarter for about a month straight. And um, it's yeah, it's pretty much I wake up and do whatever needs to get done. <laughs> Wait, uh, what is Paranormal Detective Escape from the 90s about? So is this, because I read that you did Paranormal Detective, you and Scott mm -hmm. did that already. Is this a night, is this a sequel or is this something completely separate? Uh, so it is a sequel. Um, so we did Paranormal Detective Escape from the 80s. And that was a game that was based in an 80s kind of game room, a little kid's room. Um, and we had a really good response to it compared to a lot of our other games. So we said, you know what, we should learn from this and we should go ahead and make a sequel set in the 90s because everybody loves the 80s, everybody loves the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there were very kind of bright uh, cultural points in history uh, with a lot of fond memories, I think, for everyone. So, um, yeah, so we made the game and basically this time, instead of being trapped in a kid's room, you're actually being trapped in an old abandoned mall arcade. Mm -hmm. uh, so you kind of wake up and the door's locked and there's all these games around you. And you have to figure out basically how to get out. You have to find uh, clues and solve puzzles. Um, some of the puzzles are actually in the arcade games themselves. So you have to play, play skee ball and play pinball. Um, and so it's actually, it's a really fun concept. Um, we've had a good response to it and we're just, we really love the concept ourselves. <laughs> um, do you recall, I don't know if you ever saw it on VH1 when they did, I like, I love the seventies, I love the eighties and I love the nineties. Did you ever see Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So. <laughs> I remember when they did the 90s and when they did the early 2000s. And I was like, I think that was maybe like a decade ago when they did them. Oh, wow. And I was like, it's too soon to be doing these. And then <laughs> now you're doing the 90s. And I'm like, I keep thinking the 90s was like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I keep I'm right there with you. 30 years ago. Every time, every once in a while, I do the math and I'm like, oh my God, this is really like decades ago that this happened. It's crazy. Yeah. And then I saw a video of these, other, I guess these high school kids doing a early 2000s day oh. at their school. And I was like, oh, no. that wasn't that long ago. Wasn't oh my it? gosh. It was 20, 21 years ago. I didn't realize that. Oh, wow. Time really flies, huh? Yeah. And I just, I like I said, I don't even realize it was that long ago. Like, the 2000 was almost 22 years ago in my mind like 2004 2005 2006 was like not yeah, even a couple years ago yeah <laughs> it's like uh you know the other year yesterday <laughs> uh why a uh vr game so i read that uh you and scott with luna beat actually did kid apps initially so what caused the transition from the apps to doing a vr game um, so we had been doing apps for, I think, about six years at that point. Yeah, six years. And um, we were having a lot of fun. We were putting out a lot of apps. Um, but the market was starting to change. Um, you know, it was always kind of changing, but it started changing in a way that was a lot less friendly towards independent developers, um, which is fine. You know, Apple's got to make their money. Um, but what we were finding was it was getting harder and harder to market the titles and to get them at any you know point in the rankings. 
Um, and it was just kind of, there was a little gold rush era. Um, and if you made it during that era, you did really good. I made it like six months after that era, so I did okay. <laughs> um, but that era definitely kind of came to a hard stop. Um, and, you know, they still do okay. Our apps are still up, but it's nowhere kind of near what it was. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to think, you know, what do we do next? Um, and we had both gotten uh, VR headsets because we're just, we're both big nerds <laughs> about future tech. Uh, so we both got uh, new headsets and we said, oh my gosh, we should make a VR game. This could be really fun. We could learn some new software, learn how to make, you know, a real actual game. Not saying that mobile games aren't games, but they were, um, the content was a lot shorter and the experience was a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was kind of like, okay, how do we make a full game with a, you know, a beginning and a middle and an ending um, and all these different parts to it. And um, we actually made Cinderella VR uh, as kind of an extension of some of our family games. Um, and it wasn't a super great fit. We learned so much. And actually, I think the game itself is wonderful, uh, but it wasn't quite the right uh, content fit for the market. Um, so after that, we just started iterating and working on different VR games. Uh, and then we did the 80s. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, we actually have something here. This is something worth doing. Um, so we've been kind of working on VR since 2018. Um, okay. And yeah, we're actually we're trying to figure out what we want to do next because we have a couple of VR titles kind of on the, you know, kind of pinned up for later. And then also some PC titles uh, without VR. So we don't really know where we're going to go <laughs> after this game, but we have a lot of ideas. So where do you see the, I guess, where do you see the VR market going? Because it's still kind of in its like initial stages. Because I mean, I don't have anything in, in VR. I don't have like I don't, I don't have a headset. I don't have any of the controls or anything like that. Right. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking about it maybe, but I'm still kind of iffy about like on the fence about it. So what do you see the market going with VR games? Um, so I think actually your response is a really good kind of encapsulation of what's happening, mm-hmm. um, which is that, you know, there's like a few, you know, uh, I don't mean to be me, but, you know, big dorks like myself and my partner who were like, oh, my God, yes, we have to get this. Um, but then also just a lot of people just of the general gaming public are not, you know, they just don't have it. It's not something that has come across. I guess um, I don't know if it's the offerings are not quite enough. Um, a lot of times you need a lot of space for a long time before the quest. You needed, you know, the uh, computer to run the whole thing. Uh, so it's not as easy as getting into as just like a PC or a Mac game where you just download it and you just have it. Um, so I think that there's still kind of that problem of there's not that widespread adoption of the VR headsets just quite yet. Um, I know that other people, I know that like Facebook is working on trying to make their headsets uh, less expensive and more accessible, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is very interesting because it's, I think it's so much better to have the headsets that are a couple hundred bucks than, you know, the expensive ones, you need all of the, uh, uh, the computers and whatnot. Um, so I think it's kind of in an odd spot because there's some people that still really like it, but it doesn't really have that widespread adoption. Um, and then that's also something I'm coming across with marketing a lot is that people will like the game and they like the concept, but they don't have the headset. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it comes up super, super frequently. Um, we're actually talking about doing a PC port of this game um, just because it's had such a strong response. So we don't have to keep it limited just to VR audiences. Um, so it's definitely at a tricky spot right now. I don't think it's widespread yet. Um, I don't know if it's going to be without more technology developments, you know, bringing the cost down and making it more available. Um, so fingers crossed, it'll keep going. I'm having fun with it. I hope it 
expands. <laughs> okay, so how has your journey been finding and working with Scott, your partner at Luna Beat? Oh, it's been so much fun. We actually, we work together really, really well. And over the years, I've come to appreciate how valuable it is to have a partner that you work well with. Mm -hmm. um, we actually met back on a Facebook group for app developers. And I had made an app and he had made an app and he said, hey, let's get together and we can work together on an app and it will be fun. And we did and it worked out really well. And let's, we said, let's make another and another and another. And then all of a sudden six years had gone by and we had like a big pile of apps. <laughs> um, and then, so, you know, like I said, we kind of got into the VR stuff and um, it's been a really great um, kind of partnership because we kind of fill in each other's weaknesses a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Scott is very, very strong in tech and development. Um, I can do some of it, but it's not really my strong suit. Um, I'm really in the art design side. Uh, so I can really pick up all the slack on the art design side while my partner does all the heavy lifting, of, you know, the debugging and the scripting and all of that. Um, <clears throat> and then just little things. Um, he's better at like negative comments, uh, dealing with those online. So I'll be like, oh my gosh, Scott, somebody left us a negative review. You have to like respond to them. I can't, I'm too uh -huh. upset. <laughs> Um, so I think we work, we work together very well. Um, and, uh, it's been very helpful also just having, um, somebody to work with going for, it's a lonely process. And I've met so many developers that say, oh my gosh, I'm so, you know, it's so hard working on these projects alone. And it really is. It's a, um, a very work intensive, you know, effort intensive process to make these games. So having somebody else there kind of with you to be like, you know, lift you up when you're feeling down and mm -hmm. cheer you on when you need some encouragement uh, really means a lot. And I think it's really kept us going as long as we have. Yeah, that's great that you found Scott because I've heard so many uh, like horror stories of people finding collaborators and it doesn't work out, but you know, they still have to be paid. So they have to pretty much start all over again. So. Oh my gosh. I had, I had one horror story of a, uh, another partner that I met through the same group. It wasn't really a horror story, but um, yeah, it was the same kind of thing. Hey, you've made an app. I've made an app. Let's work together. And I was like, it worked great with Scott. Uh, let's try it. And so we made this beautiful, huge platformer. I made like, I don't know, 90 levels for it or something. Oh, wow. Uh, I'd done all the art for it. It was a beautiful, fun little game. And the guy just disappeared. And I never saw him again. Did he take the game with him? He took or? the game with him. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I just, I couldn't get in contact with them. And it was really a bummer because I had done so much work, but I couldn't really do anything with it. You know, he had all the source code and oh, I was just oh. kind of stuck after that. So after that, I learned to really appreciate a good partner that uh -huh. will not do that to you. <laughs> what was he, well, you, you said that you met the guy on the same, I guess the Facebook group, at least was he banned or, you know, did you tell the admins about it or? No, that would have been a great idea. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it's just the Wild West Internet. You know, you just meet a screen name and you kind of hit it off. And it's like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, this, this could be fun and we could do something. And um, I'm a little bit more wary. You know, I've pretty much just been working with Scott since, but I'm a little bit more wary ever since then. You know, I make sure to get contracts. I try and get people's phone numbers just in case so they can't just completely disappear. Exactly. Um, uh what advice would you offer to other game developers you wish someone told you when you first started? Oh, 
that's good because it's usually what would you offer? And then you could just say, oh, just start small and make pong or whatever. Uh-huh. But I would say if I could go back in time and tell my younger self to do something different, I would say work faster. Uh-huh. Um, because the thing is, is that when these new technologies hit, like the smartphones and the VR, if you're in at the ground floor, you can take off. You really, mm-hmm. really can. Um, I know a guy who made an app that was like right as the app store came out, you know, we were all doing the beer apps and the lighter apps and all those. Uh-huh. Um, and he made an app in that era and it was this puzzle game and it did so well. He was able to buy a house and like kind of retire. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, you know, I forget what my first app made a couple hundred or, you know, maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. but um when these new technologies come out, you really have to like hit it while they're hot and you have to hit it hard. Um, my partner, when we were in that really kind of that little gold rush era, he he just went really hard and he just got a bunch of apps out at once and they're still uh, they're still earning money. So it was just that one particular time. If you got in in this one little era, you were really set up. And if you missed it, that's kind of too bad. Uh-huh. Um, so that would be my advice is if you're working with some kind of new technology, try and get to market as fast as you can. Um, try not to dawdle too much or like, uh, make things too perfect. Uh, just get it out there and start on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I guess since there's really no rules, since it's so brand new, you can kind of just see, like test the world waters a little bit and see how people respond. And then you can work from there. Whereas if you join the I guess the trend or whatever it may be mm-hmm. later on or when it's really rising then it's a whole lot of rules that in a whole lot of constrictions and a whole lot of conditions that you would have to apply your work to whereas before you could have just put it out there and like I said see how it played out and then work out the kinks and absolutely a lot more stuff so yeah that definitely makes sense to work faster yeah yeah all right well my que- my last question for you Laura is <laughs> what is your idea of success I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path is very intimidating and highly competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? Um, That is another really great question. Because you're right. I think a lot of people's idea of success is, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell a million games and then I'm going to be like that guy with the app and I'm going to buy a house and retire. Mm -hmm. First of all, that's my idea of success. (laughs) Um, But secondly, my idea of more uh, an attainable success for our studio is if our game does well, um, we want it to, you know, we do invest some money in you know, into the game just for different supplies and software and things that we need. So we want to make back that money generally. Um, and yeah, we're pretty much a self-funded studio. So in general, we want to make enough to kind of support us and float us to the next game. Um, we do, we do have some apps kind of floating us along, but in general, we're just trying to, you know, keep getting those games on the portfolio, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, building our portfolio up. Um, and then the other big measure of success, which uh, it sounds like I'm worried about my reputation, but um, it's those Steam reviews. You really got to get them. Uh-huh. Um, you have to get 10 as fast as you can before you can get the little thumbs up. And then Steam will basically launch your game out from there. Um, so in a very practical measure, getting 10 reviews on Steam, I would say would be a good success for um, the games that we're working on. 
Um, but yeah, pretty much just if the game does well enough to allow us to keep going and make more games and, um, you know, kind of build onto our portfolio, then that's a success for us. Um, actually, yeah, as long as it has those 10 reviews, because we did make another game. <laughs> we had fun. We had a great time making it, but it was not a success at all. It's got like zero to two reviews. It's fine. We had fun. It wasn't a success, though. I couldn't call it that by any measure. <laughs> well, you had fun. You liked it. So there we go. It was a success for us for our, our time. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to push for Paranormal Detective Escape from the 90s? Maybe discuss uh, rewards for potential backers? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we're having a, a Kickstarter. It's live now. We are currently at the time of recording 42% funded. Um, so we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, it's going through October 19th. Uh, but yeah, we've got a lot of cool rewards. You can get a copy of the game. You can get early access uh, to the game. You can also get a bundle of our new game and our old game. So you can try them both out. Um, and then you can, once you get up into the higher tiers, you can get some really cool stuff. You can get um, your photo, a photograph of yourself in the game as somebody that the villain has kind of trapped. Uh, we like doing some goofy live action stuff so you can kind of actually be in the game. Uh, we've got a couple rewards where you can actually name, we have different arcade machines and you can name the arcade machines. Okay. Uh, you know, so you can have Kayla's pinball or whatever you'd like. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's see, there's, there's a few others. You can get your name up as a video game champion. You get some very um, prominent uh, credits. Of course, thank yous in the, in the credits. Um, so yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Um, we're also doing a huge amount of content. We've got updates coming out every day. We've got um, quizzes, surveys, content, behind the scenes stuff. Um, we've got streamers, a lot of fun stuff. This has been in the works all summer, this Kickstarter. Um, so it's, it's a huge event and I hope you'll come over and check it out and give us a back. <laughs> Pledge our game. I think there's a, um, I think you guys offer a, a demo as well, right? Yes, that's correct. So you okay. can play the, um, it's about 30 minutes and you start in the office and you go, you have to make your way over to the arcade and there's a little series of puzzles and it's actually really fun. And I should say the 30 minutes is depending on how good you are at like ski ball. Uh -huh. So if you're not good at ski ball, it's going to take you a little longer. <laughs> It'd probably be me. It'd probably take a little bit longer for me. Oh no! <laughs> Somebody, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no! I was going to ask. Um, does it also have like the hidden objects type thing as well? So you have to pretty much search everything and touch everything to get out of the, I guess maybe out of the, uh, out of the room or to find something or something like that as well. Because like for me. I do a lot of those hidden objects games and it's oh, going to take cool. me longer. So like a 30 minute demo was supposed to be 30 minutes could be easily for me, like 45 minutes. Cause it's going to oh take me forever to find it. <laughs> but you yeah, got, like the to touch everything too. No, that's awesome. So we, we do have a lot of things to just touch and play with, mm -hmm. um, to goof around with. And actually I saw, I just watched a, um, a streamer play through our demo. It was really cool. And I was realizing that I really like to put in a lot of red herrings. So basically clues that don't really go anywhere. Um, just to, I'm a terrible puzzle maker. Uh, my partner's always like, we need to scale it back. Nobody's going to understand. We need more false endings. We're going to lead, lead people astray. So I realized I was actually doing that too much. And people were looking for clues and things that were not clues at all. 
Um, so I'm going to be scaling that back, but you will have to go through and basically look at a lot of stuff. There's a lot of clues in notes, mm -hmm. um, just little details on objects that you'll have to um, notice and kind of put together. Um, so definitely it's very observational. You do, you definitely have to go through everything, look at it front and back. You have to look under certain things. Um, so you do have to go through things pretty well. <laughs> okay. And will new players have to play um, Escape from the 80s before they do 90s or can they just go straight into the 90s? They can just go straight in there. Um, okay. There's a little bit of kind of continuity of just um, in the first game we have, you play as a detective and it's kind of like an X-Files detective, like you're into the supernatural and you're maybe not, you know, the number one detective on the force. Um, but somebody stuck you in the basement anyway and you got your office, it's fine. Um, so in the first game, you know, you're kind of uh, maybe not so good, but then in the second game, you're really starting to fall off uh, the wagon. You've got these strange conspiracy theories all over your walls. Uh, your bills are starting to go unpaid. Uh, somebody's trying to evict you from your office. And so things are like starting to get worse for you as a detective in the second game. So that's not that's really the only continuity thing. Um, the detective does have a crush on somebody and you kind of find out who. My partner is trying to work on the main story, and I'm like, yes, but what about the detective love story? <laughs> we have to end this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's interesting that things are getting worse. Normally, when the underdog succeeds, it gets a little bit better before it gets worse. But no, it's actually getting worse. <laughs> that's so true. I thought, I thought that's funny. <laughs> um, totally, totally. All right. Um, again, I want to thank the co-creator of the up-and-coming VR game, Paranormal Detective Escape from the 90s, currently on Kickstarter, Laura Talardi. Yep. Talardi. Talardi. That's cool. I'm so sorry. No worries. I recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, share, and are back if they can. All of Laura's socials will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link. Again. I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.